You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. You got a little bit of plywood up. You got some boards up. You got some fencing up. Is that going to impact workers feeling comfortable going to work in downtown Portland? I don't know. That's what we're talking about today. Why do we care about that on a real estate podcast? Because a lot of the trends that have been happening in real estate are based on people being able to work remotely. We've heard that now for well over a year. Oh, you'll be able to work from home forever. It's going to be great. It's going to be the greatest social experiment ever until we decide that you need to be back in the office, that our productivity isn't, you know, our camaraderie just isn't there. We're just not feeling it need you guys back in the office. And I've been saying this all along. I hate to do a, a Tim poll. I'm, I'm, I've been right the whole time. I've, just, I've got this down. I just know the storyline so well that I know exactly what's going to happen. So plywood boards, fencing are still protecting downtown Portland property. Will they harm the area's rebound? I mean, is a can you even ask that question? Yes, they'll harm the area's rebound. If you go down there and look around and go, holy cow, what's the dealio here? That's not exactly saying, hey, come on down and work in downtown Portland. Come and consume goods, buy stuff, you know, get our services. Boarded up storefronts don't exactly give that, that sense of everything is fine here. Just never mind the boards, never mind the fencing, you know, the graffiti. Ah, yeah, you know, we just work with it in Portland. That's what we're talking about today. Because all of these things kind of have to do with the whole go workers going back. And it looks like we're having more and more workers go into the downtown areas as of this summer. According to this, uh, this for you on, uh, June the 7th. And, um, that's, that's what a lot of the major storylines are. So the, all those people who bought those houses further out that are now realizing, Oh crap, I got a big commute. Or we had one the other day, which was going to have to figure out a way to sell this home because the internet here, we're working off of a hot spot with our cell phones. No, no real good dedicated internet, uh, solution. Couldn't get, um, there's no major internet carrier at this home. It's out further. It's out in Redmond. It's in Microsoft territory. You'd think they'd have great um, internet, but um, they can't get a satellite that works. Just it's one of those little dead areas where you don't have the interweb. And um, so people are like, oh, you know what? Maybe downtown isn't that bad. Maybe I'm going to move back in a little because uh, I got this huge commute. My internet doesn't work. We're all doing internet from home. If we have to do that again, man, working on a dial-up, having the kids do school on a dial-up or on a hotspot, dial-up. Ugh, that's even worse. On a hotspot, having, having to work through all that. These are stories we got to cover. All right, let's get into it. Before we do, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies, and I read the news that I'm, I'm hoping you want to hear. Hey, enough of you guys wanted to hear it that we cleared 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. So thank you so much. Literally, thank you. Couldn't have done that without you. Love to have you subscribe if you're not already. But 50K, I did not see that one coming. It's um, It's been a haul getting there. But early on, I would have been happy with like 5,000. Just, hey, 5,000 people? That's awesome. So 50,000 is pretty trippy. And um, so I guess since we're there now, on to 100. You know, why not? I'll just keep doing this as long as you guys keep showing up. Enough of the chit-chat. Let's get into the real uh, meat and potatoes. How about that? The meat and potatoes of this podcast. Signs of renewal abounded this week in downtown Portland. 
amidst other stuff, there's still got a lot of craziness going on down there. Hundreds flock to the, for the Portland Farmer's Market at Shemansky Park for produce, while others soaked in the sun and socialized at Pioneer Courthouse Square. That's not exactly where I would be you know, taking in the sun, but to each their own. Tents and trash that have troubled some visitors and residents for months during the pandemic have started to vanish. Here in Seattle, people are asking me, hey, should I, should I be going to Pike Place Market? And I'm like, yeah, go when there's a lot of tourists. Don't engage anybody that looks marginally crazy. And I think you'll be okay because there's a lot of people coming back to these downtown areas. And so you're going to have this conflict with all the homeless there and the people that have been running their drugs and doing all kinds of stuff without anybody there. They've kind of just been taking over these areas and doing their own thing. But my advice is, is look around if it seems okay. It probably is if there's a million other tourists, you know, take your odds and Go walk around and see what's going on. Yet virtually every block in the heart of the city continues to have boarded up buildings and windows, a jarring juxtaposition to the budding vibrancy. So you've got this, you know, you've got all these business owners that are like, you know what, I spent a lot of money and effort and time putting up the plywood. Maybe my building got rocked two or three times last summer during the peaceful protests that we're all, you know, painfully aware of. And so these business owners are like, you know, summer's coming around again. I feel pretty comfortable with having the windows boarded up. I feel pretty comfortable having the fence around the perimeter. Uh, the graffiti, yeah, we've painted that over 14 times. And I don't think they're in any rush to have glass windows up because if you were in downtown Portland, why would you? Be honest. Oh yeah, let's, let's just open things up. Let's just put some panes of glass so they can see that we're in there. Let's just throw some glass up and let's call this good. Cause I mean, then, you know, they're going to come by with a hammer. They're going to come by with a brick and, um, you know, they're not going to do that to a boarded up store, but to a, a store with windows. We have proven that they will do that. And I think a lot of business owners are like, you know, let's just wait to see how this goes this summer. I'm going to keep my boards up. So that is exactly the storyline, right? Imposing metal fences still loom in front of the Apple store. The Apple stores always get rocked because they got good stuff in there, right? I mean, it's easily fensible. And, and Apple products. Say what you will about Apple, but you know, I've got an iPad mini that I love. Just saying. So still loom in front of the Apple store and the towering office building that is home to the standard. Both reoccurring targets of vandalism. Corporate chains and mom and pops alike hide behind thick slabs of plywood. You think like three quarter or do you think like one inch plywood? What are they doing? Who knows? Maybe a double layer of quarter inch. I don't know. Did I get those dimensions on plywood right? I think I did, you know, harkening back to my plywood buying days, whenever that was. As city officials seek to appease retailers and employers and encourage residents to work, shop, dine, and attend cultural events downtown, the patchwork of boards and barriers remains an intractable hurdle. Yeah, those stores over there with all the plywood on them, you know, it's just an extra precaution. We had some peaceful protesting last summer and sometimes an errant hammer was thrown through their window and so they've gone with the more permanent boarded up look that's just what they're doing over here you know we're we're, we're open from ready for business so come on down can't you see that going on 
It's like, really? Okay. So the media is kind of catching up with, all right, yeah, we want our people to be in downtown, yet walking around downtown, this doesn't have a great look. This isn't really a place that I want to bring my business. That's the bottom line, right? So you've got that juxtaposition. That's a hard word to say. You've got that it's going both ways. Uh, yeah, we're going to leave things boarded up for a while because those peaceful protesters, they might be back. And in the meantime, we're pretty good. We're pretty, we're, we're pretty okay operating the way we are because we've been doing it for over a year. So Dorian Butcher encased his entire storefront a year ago after a riot erupted and led to widespread looting downtown following the murder of George Floyd. And this happened in so many cities across the United States, right? He said the city's seeming inability to curb property crime downtown and late night demonstrations that turn destructive are causes to keep the wooden wall up indefinitely. Indefinitely. So is Portland going to have this look indefinitely? I don't know. I kind of think they won't, but I think there's going to be a lot of store owners that are holdouts and they're like, I'm not wasting my money taking down all these boards that I paid for to put up and then spend a ton of money on glass, maybe make an insurance claim, maybe make another insurance claim that they can't afford to make because they're going to lose their commercial insurance policy. So this guy goes on to say, unfortunately, I'm not comfortable with having big panes of glass while people rove around freely with rocks and hammers. If I was a business owner, that's exactly what I've been would have been saying. Uh, I I don't want to take the risk. Why would I? We're doing okay now. I know it looks horrible, and I know it's boarded up, and I know it just looks like you know we've gone out of business. But that little open sign says "Come on in," but the boards on the exterior, with a little bit of graffiti on them, say "Well, you could come in, but we're trying to keep people out." Because that's what's a that's what a boarded up storefront does, right? You're basically saying stay out. So, and this was said by uh, so so people roving around freely with rocks and hammers. Said Butcher, who opened Dorian Shoe Repair on Southwest Sixth Avenue in 2003. He's been there a long time. You may have noticed that there's been an all sorts of shenanigans in the last year. I've no doubt we're going to see more of that this summer. Now, the mayor and the city of Portland have committed to coming down a little bit harder on these peaceful, peaceful protesters, right? So we're going to have to see how that goes. But if there is one more of these kind of outbreaks with as many people are going back into the downtown course, it's things are going to get dicey. It's going to get problematic. You're going to have people saying, uh, we're we're going back to where where are we going back to work <sighs> yeah i i don't know i'm not really sure about that we've got big corporate saying oh this is a this is a definite thing we are doing this and yet you haven't heard the people yet you're going to hear them they're going to be like you know i i really like that whole work from home uh, what about the whole work from home forever thing that is that no longer a deal can can i still do that Sporadic acts of vandalism and property destruction continue to haunt many businesses and government property owners, despite police and prosecutors' efforts to crack down on the worst actors. Are they really cracking down? Are they? So they say, 
right? So do brazen burglaries and break-ins that police and merchants say have surged since the pandemic. I mean, we know the gun violence is up, right? We know a bunch of the crime is up. But these downtown areas, that they were just basically left as a free-for-all between the peaceful protesters and the homeless people. You know, CDC basically said, don't move any homeless and don't do any homeless encampment sweeps during the Rona, which we're still in. We're still in an official pandemic. Um, and so, you know, these areas, these downtown areas where all the people left because all the businesses were shut down and it was mandated, everybody's going to work from home forever. Well, that storyline is going the other way. And people are in businesses are like, well, you can still have your job and still work at home, but it's, you know, we're going to do 10% pay cut. Are you okay with that? Or we still want you to work at home, but we really need you in the, in the office downtown at least two days a week, maybe three. Can you work that out? Can you figure that out? Meanwhile, a city grant program to aid small businesses that have sustained damages or losses has helped more than 100 of them citywide, but enticed just a few dozen downtown. Because a lot of the businesses downtown just flat left. They've flat left here in Seattle as well. But as fast as they leave, there's new ones coming in. That's just, there's always an opportunity for somebody who's like, all right, I didn't take that beat down. And it's not that they are purposely trying to, you know, be a risk taker and, oh, let's go downtown. This will be fun. It'll be us versus the protesters and the homeless and all the crime going on. They just haven't lived through that. And they're looking at an opportunity going, I can probably make some money here. All right. You know, I grew up in whatever, you know, whatever country or whatever area where this just isn't all that bad. I'm going to start trying to do a business here. That's literally what you've got going on right now. Trepidation and uncertainty linger even as workers begin to return to downtown's largest employers and a slate of cultural events and festivals are on the horizon. I couldn't tell you when retailers are going to uh, feel totally fine with taking their boards down, said Vanessa Sturgeon, a developer and property manager who helped found the Rose City Downtown Collective, which is a group that advocates for businesses in the area. It feels a little bit to them like being naked. Or maybe, I guess I would say, it feels a little bit more to them like being a target if you have windows instead of plywood. Because then you've got what they want, which is glass to smash. Because nothing says, you know, really getting our our story out there, really getting our message out there, than taking a hammer and bashing some storefront's window in. I mean, that really sends a, a strong message, doesn't it? I mean... It, no, it doesn't at all. And it's it's hideous that these cities have allowed this to happen as long as they have. But now it's kind of go time. And now we're like, oh, you need to take that, you know, that fencing and those boards and you need to take all that down. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't I don't think that's what we're doing, I think is what a lot of businesses are going to say. We're not going to do this until we feel comfortable. And you guys still aren't really doing anything about the peaceful protesters. So let's just wait and see. I think that's what a lot of businesses, that's where they're at, is in the wait and see pattern. That in turn could continue to fuel the perception that the city's economic, cultural, and transportation hub remains unsafe and uninviting and keep residents across the metro area from returning as a survey conducted for the Oregonian Live in late April and early May found. I read that on a podcast, right? That survey. And it um, it could continue to fuel the perception that the city's economic, cultural, and transportation hub remains unsafe and unfi- uninviting. 
that perception is uh, perception is there because it is unsafe and uninviting. It's not safe in downtown Portland. It's not necessarily safe in a lot of areas of downtown Seattle either. Downtown San Francisco, hmm, you want to go hang out there? How about downtown LA? You want to go hang out there? Just see how it goes. Just, you know, just take a walk about. No, I don't think you do. I think you know when you're in an area that's like, uh, yeah, this isn't exactly safe. Recent polling of Portland area residents commissioned by Mayor Ted Wheeler's office adds some additional insight. This should be good, right? Those findings reviewed by the Oregonian slash Oregonian Live show that two-thirds of that poll's 600 participants said they'd be more likely to visit downtown if businesses took plywood boards down. They are not the ones taking the risk here. The businesses are. And as long as the businesses don't feel comfortable with this, guess what? Boards stay up. And that's where I think you're going to see a lot of these businesses continue to do just that. So the participants, they're just thinking, all right, if we drive down the street and we see a lot of boarded up windows, we're probably not going in there. That's what they're saying. And I don't blame them because you know why? Because it's probably not all that safe. Now, you're going to have people who are going to say, literally, they're literally going to say, all those businesses, they don't need to be boarded up. It's fine. It's good. We've got this under control. Do you? Do you want to be one of these businesses that tests out that theory, dips their toe in the water? Let's just take our windows, you know, take the boards off our windows for a little bit. Let's just, let's just see those. Now, there's no incentive to do that, is there? There's none by these businesses. Three quarters or more indicated that cleaner streets I agree with that. More cultural events, reopen bars and restaurants, and fewer protests that lead to destruction or clashes with police would also increase their interest in returning. So basically making it not Portland. <laughs> I mean, let, let's go through that again. Cleaner streets. What, what downtown area couldn't do with some cleaner streets? They were working on that though, right? More cultural events. You're not going to have cultural events given the conditions you've got in downtown Portland right now. You don't have tourism coming in. That's for sure. You've got businesses leaving en masse and you've got big companies now saying, oh, we need you back in downtown. You're going to feel the kickback from employees pretty darn soon because you're going to have some instances of you know, the peaceful protesters and all that conflicting with return to the downtown core. So I'd say the current state of downtown continues to be the biggest concern in terms of getting our audiences back, said Robin Williams, executive director for Portland Five Centers for the Arts, which include the Keller Auditorium, Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall, and Brunish, Newmark, and Winnestad Theaters. I think it's a little bit before uh, people start returning to these things. I really do, because if you know where these are area, where where these, uh, it's it's all in downtown. And right now, downtown Portland, from folks I know that have been there, they're like, yeah, it's still kind of a no go. We're trying to clean things up, and I've had multiple people, viewers like you, or listeners like you, send email um, saying, hey, yeah, it's still pretty rough. It's still a no-go. I've had friends drive through downtown Portland um, on the I-5 saying, holy cow, not good, not good. It's going to take Portland a while to clean things up, and that's if they do. So those venues will begin to reopen in late summer. Williams said providing an economic boon to the bars, restaurants, and shops that performance goers often frequent, but boarded up businesses could prove a deterrent for those already reluctant to visit. 
Yes, yes, they could. But the homeless people camping on the sidewalks and in the parks and the garbage everywhere and the graffiti everywhere and the ongoing protests that city leadership allows to happen, that is actually what people are afraid of. Not the boards on the windows. That's just a byproduct. That is just an end result of all this other nonsense going on that city leadership doesn't really seem to have under control. Or do they? I mean, they tell us they do. Oh, yeah, things are getting better. It's going to be way better. It's going to be way better. Businesses, just go ahead and take your, wind, your, your boards down and your window. It'll be all right. It'll be okay. I'm sure. I mean, there's a less than 50-50 chance the peaceful protesters will walk by with a hammer and bash out your windows. And if that does, whew, yeah, not good. With vaccination rates near, nearing 70%, people are more worried about walking to their car or parking garage than watching a show indoors, said Williams. That is the thing. It's you've got these buildings and it once you're inside, it's like, okay, so that business is boarded up. It's safe inside. So they say, I can't really see in there, but I'm going to assume it's safe. You got to get there first. You got to get there. And by that, I mean, walk down the sidewalk. And so many of the business owners that I've read about or had contact with, they've just had that last client, customer, whatever it is, person that orders their service that says, yeah, you know, the walk to your shop, I can't do that anymore. It, I just don't want to do it. That's what we're talking about. Not the fact that businesses got boards up. That's just the end result. Wheeler said that City Hall recognizes the need to restore confidence to downtown businesses and property owners and is working to address their concerns which has been ongoing for a year and a half. My administration is relentlessly focused on a path to economic recovery, he said. All right, well, let's see how it goes, because so far, I wouldn't be betting on downtown Portland. It will come back, but it's going to take some real cleaning up. And then with current leadership in place, I'm... I'm not placing that bet. How's that? In an interview Friday, the mayor touted the city steps to invest millions of new dollars into graffiti removal and cleanup efforts, as well as his support for police and the district attorney's, uh, attorney's office to aggressively target protesters accused of arson or private property crimes, which Wheeler said has helped reduce destructive behavior at demonstrations. Yet much mayhem persists. There's the kicker. A large demonstration in mid-April devolved into a riot that led to some of the most significant damage to downtown in the last year. This is April. I'm reading to this to you at the beginning of June. That's not that far in the, in the rearview mirror. That's why these businesses are like, ah, you know, it hasn't really been all that many weeks. This isn't over. I'm gonna let the boards, I'm gonna let the board stay for a little bit. I mean, I think that's the right call, honestly. I do. I don't see any call otherwise. And if these businesses are making it with the boards up, it's only going to get better, right? But leave those boards up. That's just me as a small business owner. Like, yeah, send the message to the city. Hey, all this other stuff, you got to square that away too. It's not just us taking our boards down, making the city look pretty. Hey, come on in. We've got candy. You know what I mean? Don't do that. In addition to scores of broken windows and graffiti, protesters set a fire that spread to Pioneer Tower and burned several stories. Mm, this is in April. Others damaged cultural institutions and a church that aids the area's most vulnerable. And they also rocked the Boys and Girls Club. 
Portland Trailblazers boy, Boys and Girls Club because nothing says, you know, change and really getting things done and bashing the windows in on a Boys and Girls Club. That's some real... That's a message right there. I do not know what that message is, but I am not behind that one. On May 25th, during a protest to mark the one-year anniversary of Floyd's murder, a group of demonstrators shattered more than a dozen storefronts. This is just, this is not that long ago. It's like under two weeks ago, including multiple locally owned businesses. They lit more fires and clashed with the police over the course of several hours. And if I'm a business owner and this happened on May 25th, I'm not taking my boards down on my windows. I'm leaving them up because that's the right call. And yet the city's like, oh, we need people to come in here. This isn't a good look. Well, fix the, uh, fix the essence of the problem and the rest will follow, right? Following both events, boards immediately started going back up on some businesses, the few that took them down. We're not out of the woods yet. But we're making good progress, Wheeler said. We're going to keep pushing until the criminal destruction goes down to zero. Protests are by no means the sole source of property crimes in the area. Reports of burglaries and vandalism downtown more than doubled during the first 12 months of the pandemic compared to the same period a year prior. That's according to the data from the Portland uh, Police Bureau. It's because there was no accountability for those doing the damage and prosecutors didn't really do anything it just the whole system kind of fell apart at the beginning of the pandemic well courts aren't really operating you bashed a window out oh you know you got to do something pretty severe like try and light a police station on fire or you know do something like that where they'll they'll actually convict you and ah yeah, you know what? We're, we're probably going to have to give you a little time for that one. So the crimes that have happened during these peaceful protests that people have actually, you know, been sentenced to any kind of time, they're pretty significant. It's not like resisting arrest is getting people time. No, it's not. That's not happening. And I think that's a lot of the complaint is that the city leaders have basically just let this stuff happen and local business has suffered as a result. City leaders have tried to soften the blow for small businesses that have suffered damages or remain reluctant to remove their plywood barriers with its grant program that provides up to $10,000 for repairs. How about... How about this? If the business owners knew that they could take off their plywood and there's, there's very little probability that when a march goes by that their windows are going to get rocked. How about if you put 200 police officers on the ground and follow these protesters as they do their peaceful protesting like we did here in the city of Bellevue? How do you think that would go? Do you think that would probably be peaceful? That's what you got to do. But unfortunately, ah, yeah, police have been defunded. There's not enough cops on the ground in Portland to make that happen, is there? Hmm. We didn't reimagine and rethink that when we're thinking about reimagining and rethinking our employees coming into the downtown quarters, coming back. Didn't, didn't, oh, all these little bits and pieces, they all connect. Yeah, we're, we're not filing, firing on all, all, eight cylinders, right? That used to be the max. Now you've got 10 cylinder cars, 12 cylinder cars. 
however many cylinders you need to have firing to fire on full. We're not there yet. So, so far, 31 downtown businesses have sought and received money from the program. About 25% of the 123 recipients sit citywide, according to figures provided by Prosper Portland, the city's economic development agency. Hey, here's some money. Go fix those windows. Hopefully it doesn't happen again to you. Good luck out there. We need you. We need those boards taken off. It takes a lot to coordinate all this nonsense. You got the cleanup. You've got, oh my gosh, we got rocked again. We're not even talking about whatever they may have taken from these stores. Because oftentimes they'll just go through, throw a rock or a brick or, you know, take a hammer and bash out the windows. Um, But oftentimes, you know, they won't actually loot the stores. But if they do, this is all stuff that small business during a pandemic that may or may not have been shut down at one point in time, they're trying to deal with. So the fact that the city has, you know, a little bit of money for them, it's kind of like, all right, why don't you just stop the stuff from happening that's happening? Why don't you give us some police presence? Make this, that's, that's what's going to make people feel safer again. Police presence. You know what? People don't want to hear that. They're like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, that whole gun prevention, gun gun uh, violence protection program, we defunded that, and it's shocking that, you know, gun violence has gone up. This stuff isn't hard to figure out, is it? I've watched other businesses take their boards down only to see their windows get broken again and again, he said. So they're going to leave them up. I mean, I can't really blame them. It's like, that's probably the right call. Nicole Whitesell, who's received a repair grant from the city, said the money was has helped somewhat. She said her boutique Adorn on Southwest Washington Street has been damaged or burglarized three times during the pandemic, including twice, she said, she removed boards in February. In, so including twice since she removed boards in February. So what incentive do they have to take the boards down? They don't. They don't. It's just the, it's an open invitation. Hey, come break my windows. That's what it is, right? In late September, Whitesell said someone backed a car through her shop and made off with a bunch of merchandise. A person experiencing a mental health crisis threw a sign through her window last month. So that's one, two, and most recently, this is the third experience she's had, protesters smashed out her storefront during the Floyd anniversary march. Okay, so that's three things that have happened recently. So what incentive does this business owner have to take off the boards from a window, maybe take off the fence out in front? What incentives does that person have? Ah, it'll be okay. Trust us. I mean, over the last year and a half, nothing's really happened to your store, has it? Crazy. It's crazy talk. It's crazy talk in Portland. The money has covered the physical cost of getting my store back together, Whitesell said. It doesn't cover my time or emotional energy. So there you go. These business owners are like, F that. I'm not taking the boards down. We're going to leave them up. We're going to let them ride for a while. Because why, would, why wouldn't we? To know there's nothing I can do to stop people from breaking into my shop is super depressing. Hmm. Imagine that. So if you're a store owner... And you're trying to, you know, contain your own little fiefdom, your own little empire, your empire building, one store at a time. And in downtown Portland, it's getting rocked. Or in downtown Seattle, it's getting rocked. Are you going to take down those boards? I don't think so. And I think that's the right call. Send that message to the city. Hey, 
you guys, you need to figure out all this other stuff going on, and then I'll take the boards down. Once you've convinced me you can do that, well, let's talk about the boards. Maybe I'll take one board down. Maybe I'll leave every other board up. I don't know. I mean, we're just, we're talking ridiculousness at this point in time, aren't we? The fact that this kind of stuff is going on and cities are basically, yeah, we're doing the best we can. Uh, we're trying real hard. Will you give us a participation ribbon? Oh, now these business owners, they're the ones on the front end. They're taking this literally. They're taking the, the physical beat down of having their stores broken into their livelihoods rocked their employees. Hey, will you come to work? Oh, I don't know. Again? I mean, can't you just see employees going, uh, you, you know what? I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm going to go work remotely for this other company and do something. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know. I think it's a while. I think we got a while to go because we, I literally just was covering, you know, the peaceful protesters doing their thing here a few weeks ago. It's still ongoing. So until you've got that kind of squared away, like something major, you've got something major on the books to square that away. I wouldn't take my boards down off my windows if I was a store owner, but that's just me. And I'm reasonable. I think these store owners are reasonable too. And yet the media is like, ah, oh, we need this for our recovery. Well, yeah, we'll get to that at some point. What I do know is that I will keep covering this topic right here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast because it's a good one because it 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 kind of goes to the whole, all right, we're so progressive, we let everything fly. And then why aren't our business owners complying with our demand to take the boards down? Why isn't that happening? Why does our city still have this really, you know, run down, rocked out look? Why, why do we look like that? Well, because you are, because, because you've earned it and you, you know, you let this stuff go for too long. And now the downtown cores are, they're going to have a tough time coming back. I believe they are coming back, but, um, I can't blame these business owners for just basically saying, uh, nah, boards are good. They saved my windows or maybe they don't have windows. I don't know. They're waiting for kind of an indication of the, the stuff has kind of really gone by the wayside, which I don't think it will 100% by any means. But you get more people in downtown, more people walking around, you're going to have less of this nonsense go on. That's kind of bottom line here. As the storyline continues, I will bring it to you right here. Seattle Real Estate Podcast. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. And if you're one of the 50,000 people that subscribe to the channel, two thumbs up. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. I got to go record another podcast along the same lines. I can't remember what it is, but it's something close to it. Oh, I think it's about, uh, who knows? Tune in though. I mean, who doesn't want to tune into a podcast where the host says, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but you should tune in. Uh, that's, that says something, right? Oh, and um, leave the boards up. That's it for me. I'll catch up with you guys soon. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.